reading from Luke 10, 38 through 42. And it starts, I'm reading from the NLT version, and it starts, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. The title to today's message is The Turning Point. So Lord, right now, God, I just, um, just want to lift up my hands up to you right now, Jesus, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be able to just share your word with your people, God. And I pray all of you and less of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Jonathan, you could play a little harder. I need to like hear it. <laughs> All right, so I have a question. Has anyone here ever like read a story or read a novel and could like just relate to the character? Like you just, you read the story and as you're reading, there's like certain characteristics about this person that you just absolutely relate to, right? Yeah, well, that was me. That was me when I was reading this story with Mary and Martha so much, so much that I was, this story really truly came to life for me because I was able to relate with the characteristics. And so I'm there, I'm reading about these two, I'm thinking it's gonna be up there. I'm reading about these two women who, um, Mary and Martha of Bethany, and I'm like, yes, Jesus, I am Mary of Bethany. Mm -hmm. I am Mary of Bethany. Lord, Mary is me and I am Mary and no one can tell me any different, Lord. No one can say anything to me because you know what? I know when Jesus is in the room. Am I the only one? I know when Jesus is in the room. And so I became self-righteous a little bit, you know? I'm like, if Jesus was in the room, I would know it. And so if Jesus came to my house, guess what? If he came to visit me, what do you think I'm doing? I'm dropping everything. Everything is getting dropped and I will be at the feet of Jesus. I will be at his feet because guess what? Jesus is in the building. And I'm just reading this story and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if you're like me because I tend to like, when I'm watching movies or if I'm reading a novel or anything, if I'm reading a book, I speak to the characters. So sometimes when I'm watching movies with Ro, I'm just like talking to the characters. And so the Bible's no different. The Bible is no different for me. I'm over here speaking to the characters. And you know, after becoming self-righteous, I became a little judgmental. And you know, I tend to also give characters a little bit of nicknames. So I'm like, maldita, girl, Jesus is in your house. Deja eso. Leave all that stuff alone. Like, 
girl, Jesus is in your house, Martha. You're all involved with all the little particulars. You're all involved with all the little details. Oh my gosh, she's so maniatica. And for those who don't know what maniatica is, can we lower this? This is really loud, sorry. If you, those of us who don't know what maniatica is, it's, it's that. <laughs> Right, right there, clear as day. It's just really like un gets annoyed by little details and stuff like that. That's that's someone who's who's maniatica. So, you know. So I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, Martha, Martita, she's over here attending to to the particulars. Okay, that's that's not bad, right? It's not bad. You you tending to the to the particulars. It's not a bad thing. And then I'm just, I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, excuse me. Because if it wasn't for my maniaticaness, if it wasn't for me being so concerned about the little details, I would have dishes in my house that smelled like Formula 409 because Ro would have taken that one sponge to wash the counter and then wash the dishes. I also... <laughs> I also would have had dirt marks all over my floor because guess what? We would have just skipped along the house with our shoes, you know? And I would have had bed sheets that smell like Gaia. We know what that means? <laughs> bed sheets that smell like street, you know, that wet dog smell. Because Ro would have decided I'm gonna sleep on the bed sheets with my clothes on. And no. Mm -mm, not in my house, not in my house. I will not have it. And it was in that very moment that I realized I'm maldita. Yeah, Martha is me, that's right. And yeah, and I can relate to both. Yes, absolutely, I can relate to both. And I would love to describe myself as someone who is about my father's business, and I am. I am about my father's business. And I would also love to describe myself as someone who falls to the feet of Jesus in every season of my life. And guess what? I have. I have. But I've been Martha on more than one occasion. I have been, there have been seasons in my life where I was just Martha. Do we have any people who can relate? Is there anyone here who can just relate and say, you know what, there have been seasons in my life where I have been Mary and then just seasons in my life where, where I was Martha. I think there's a whole lot of Martha in all, us, all of us. What do you think? So I want to get back to the text. I'm going to read it again. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And so as I read this story about Mary and Martha's encounter with Jesus, it's over here we're looking at two women, two women who encountered Jesus at the same time, and two women who have very different responses. 
One is responding in worship and surrender, and the other acknowledging his presence, but not remaining in it. And Mary, Mary was at his feet. Mary, Mary, just she was just as his, at his feet listening. And Martha, Martha was just distracted. She's worried about all these different things. She's worried about what her sister's doing. She's worried about the dinner. And she's, she's tending to those things. And I would love to say that I am Mary 100% of the time. But the more I read, the more I noticed that I can relate to Martha so much. I can relate to her so much. Martha is a person that invited Jesus in. She's the person. She's the one that said, hey, come through. So this is the same person that invites Jesus in. And then she's tending to the dinner. And it's not, it's not like she didn't know he was coming. It's not like she didn't know he was joining them. She was the one who invited him in. And so when we take a look at Martha and what she's doing, she's getting dinner ready. She's making sure that Jesus eats. I mean, isn't that what we do when we invite people over for dinner? Look at Lulu today. An amazing feast out there. Yes. Yes. Amazing feast. I can't wait to eat it. But she made sure everything was up to par. She made sure everything. She has a little compartment thing and everything. That would have been me. That would have been me. I know that if I had someone coming over, guess what? If I'm inviting you over for dinner, for those who have been over for dinner, I'm making sure my house is clean. I'm making sure I got all this dinner done. I'm making sure all the little details. I, look at Marcos's face. <laughs> I'm making sure all those little details are, are taken care of because guess what? I want my guests to feel at home. I want my guests to feel comfortable in my home. I want my guests to leave there saying, yo, Lika cook, and yo, she gave us this, and, and the dessert was delicious, and the company was even better. That's what I would want. So when I see Martha, I'm like, okay, she's, she wants to make sure that Jesus eats. And I've heard so many sermons. This is a very known story here. And I've heard sermons where they just call Martha a workaholic. You know, someone who's just always busy. And not me. I see, I see Martha, in this case, as someone who is just trying to be a great host. She's just trying to be great at what she's doing. But in doing so, she's forgetting about her guests. And I thought, wow, wow, Lord. How many times have I invited you in, Jesus? How many times have I invited you in, into a situation, into my life, and just have been distracted by other things? And then I thought, I'm just like, what does that even look like for some of us? Can we take a moment right now just to ponder, just for a second, of a time where you may have invited Jesus in. You may have invited him into a situation and then, you know, you've acknowledged his presence because Martha does that. She acknowledges his presence. And then you just don't remain in it. 
And I noticed I have a few of those. And her attention is being pulled in another direction and she's allowed other things to concern her. She's even allowed her sister's choices and how her sister chooses to respond to Jesus. She has allowed that to concern her to the point where she becomes upset and she questions Jesus. And she's like, let's, let's read chapter, uh, verse 40. Lord, this is how I read it. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. That's how I read it. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? As she's pointing out what her sister is not doing, which is helping her. Don't you think this is unfair? Don't you care? Lord, tell her to help me. Like, Jesus, do something about it. Do something about this. And can I be transparent? Can I be vulnerable here? Being vulnerable, I'm going to let you know, is never an easy thing for me. But I thank you, Jesus, because as I continue to grow, he just allows me to be more transparent. And honestly, I just wanna, I wanna encourage those who, who it is difficult for you to be vulnerable. I wanna encourage you, like just spend time with Jesus. It, we go through things in life and we go through experiences and moments that are not just meant for us. There's something God deposits in us, he renews in us, he, he does the work in us, and it's for us to go and give back and, and share what the Lord has done with us. So I just want to encourage you guys today. And so a true transparency moment, the story of Mary and Martha of Bethany is a very popular story. And I've heard so many stories, like I said, about it. And it wasn't until Encounters, this series, that I read this passage and Holy Spirit revealed to me exactly where and how I was like Martha in my marriage. And we all know that relationships are wonderful. Relationships are just amazing and they can be difficult. And marriage is no different. Marriage is such a beautiful thing. When you're sharing your love for a person, like that is a beautiful thing. Being in a marriage is such a beautiful thing. And at times, it's a difficult thing. And so seeing myself as Martha in one of my most important relationships, in, in, in one of the most important relationships that I have, my marriage, and God is showing me where I am Martha in that, that harsh reality just brought me to tears. Because I wanna say I'm a prayer warrior when it comes to my marriage. I will be the first one to tell you, guess what, girl? You're having trouble in your marriage. Get on your knees. You need to just start declaring things in that relationship. You need to start just telling that relationship, like whatever, just speak words into that relationship, into that marriage. And so for me, for God to show me, like for Holy Spirit to show me, like I am Martha of all people, 
when I just claimed that I was Mary of Bethany, it brought me to tears. And Holy Spirit said, you invite me in and you become distracted. You allow your attention to be pulled in different directions. You direct your attention on other things. You direct your attention on other things that people are not doing. You allow different things to upset you. You allow different things to bother you and you allow different things to worry you. And immediately I was reminded of one specific moment. When I acknowledged Jesus because I was at the feet of Jesus. Oh, I was there and I was going in. I was going in on my prayer. I was like, Lord, you know Jesus. You know me, Jesus, Lord. I'm tired. I am tired, Lord. Like, how long do I have to deal with this? When is he going to change? When is he going to change? Lord, look at him. Look at him. He's not, even, he's not even committing to the things that we said that we were going to do together. He's not. He, what is he doing? Look at me. I've already went to, to all these sessions with my counselor. I've already done all this. He's not, he's not doing anything. What, look, look, what, look, look at He's not doing anything. How long do I have to deal with this? Are you even hearing me, Jesus? Jesus, are you even hearing me? Like, how long do I have to cry about the same thing? I don't know that you're hearing me, Jesus. Mm -mm. I don't know. I don't know that you're hearing me, Jesus. Do you, do you care? Do you care, Jesus? Because I'm hurting. I'm hurting, Jesus. I'm hurting. And right after, Holy Spirit said... Now pray for him. Excuse me. Now pray for him. Wasn't I just on my face for 45 minutes praying for him? No. It was there that I realized I had spent 45 minutes complaining. Just complaining. I wasted time just complaining. I wasn't speaking life into my marriage. I wasn't speaking life into my husband. I wasn't speaking life into myself. I wasn't praying for my husband. No, because I had become distracted by the symptoms. I had become so distracted by the symptoms that instead of remaining at the feet of my Savior, I had become distracted by the symptoms. The symptoms of what I was going through. I had been pulled away by my own frustration. I had been pulled away by anger. I had let these things in and I had been pulled away from the feet of Jesus because of my frustration and my anger and my hurt. And I allowed it to get in the way of me remaining in his presence and remaining at the feet of Jesus. And it's not just that, right? It's not just complaining. There's the every day, there's the Monday, we gotta go to work. 
there's errands we got. Guess what? If I don't pay the bills, who's going to pay, pay the bills? If I don't clean, ¿quién va? Who's going to do it? I was going to say, ¿quién va a cocinar? Because it's the first thing I think of, because that's what I do. If I don't cook, who's going to cook? <laughs> you know? And, and I'm just like, wow. You know, I've allowed deadlines from work to get in the way to distract me. I've allowed ministry to pull me away while I was back there and I'm just reading. It was like the Lord revealed to me how I didn't just allow those things to get away, get in the way. I've also at times chosen that. I've chosen the other thing. I've chosen to do the ministry, not realizing my marriage is my first ministry. Amen. And some of us, we've done that. We've chosen to do the different thing and we've allowed the different thing to just come in between us at the feet of Jesus. And again, like we acknowledge Jesus because we'll, we'll like, hey Lord, you know? We'll acknowledge him, but we won't remain at his feet. We won't remain in his presence. And so it's not always something negative that is pulling us away from the feet of Jesus. And so I've even realized that there have been moments where I've received what I've been asking for, right? True story, I, I had, uh, there was a time, I think it was like two, four, two, uh, 2014, is that 2014? <laughs> 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 Thank you, amen. <laughs> In 2014 or something like that, um, I was so stressed, so stressed. Um, I was losing hair in the back of my head. And I went to the dermatologist and she was like, you have alopecia areata. I'm like, I, what is that? What is that? So she explains to me, there, there's, there's two stories in this. So I don't want to get sidetracked. So I'm over here, right? I'm losing crazy hair. Like this entire back right here, I was missing hair. I have pictures and everything. I was missing hair. Go to the dermatologist. She's like, this is, this is an auto, autoimmune um, disease thing. And you know, you may lose all your hair. You may lose all your hair. You may lose all the hair in your body. And she's like, we have to give you injections for it. You know, I went through the emotions. I cried and stuff. Um, and then I realized, wait, it's just hair, you know? The point of my story is, prior to that moment, there, were, there was something happening. Before the hair fell off, I was constantly praying for my health, constantly. Because I would get on the train, and then I would get sick. And I would get on the train, and I would get sick, and I would have to get out. And it was just terrible. It was a terrible season in my life. And um, I was praying, and one day I'm walking to the train, and I'm like praying for all my systems. 
And Lord, I pray for my autoimmune system. I don't even know what that does. I don't even know what that is. But Lord, I pray for it right now in the name of Jesus. I am healed in Jesus' name. I am healed in Jesus' name. And I pray this every single day, every single day. And then boom, I'm losing my hair. Lost my hair. Lost so much hair. My kids used to make fun of me. And I'm getting, I start getting these injections. And she's like, I would start getting hair growth. And within the hair growth, it would just fall right out. And I'm like, Lord. And I just kept, kept on, kept on, kept on praying. And I was like, I'm not even going back to the dermatologist. Because I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And that's it. And I'm walking in that healing. And I'm proclaiming that healing. And guess what? He healed me. Right? Yes. He gets the glory. Can we pray for that? Can we clap for that? Guess what? Am I praying for my healing every single day? Now? No. I've received the healing. And sometimes when we receive the thing, the very thing that we've asked for, we no longer enter into his presence and remain there. We know, like now we got it. When we were asking for the spouse, okay, now we got it. Now we're not even asking for that. We're, of course, you're not asking for it anymore, but you're not remaining in his presence in the same way. There was something about me going through something that may help me remain in his presence the way I was because I was going through it. But then once I received it, it was like, oh, I'm good now. I've even allowed that to get in the way of me remaining in his presence. And I love this passage. I love this entire passage because when you look closely, we not only have an example of what some of us have allowed to become distractions, but we also have an example of what it is to remain in his presence. We have an example of what it is to remain in his presence. Oh, Mary of Bethany, thank you. Thank you, Mary of Bethany, because you have been such an example to me of one who remains in the presence of Jesus. A, a woman who will sit at the feet of Jesus listening. One who understood that nothing else matters. A woman whose priority is Jesus. One who always chooses Jesus, no matter what season she chooses Jesus. She's in the midst of a celebration before Passover. Guess what? She's at the feet of Jesus, anointing him with oil. At a time when work had to be done, guess what? She's at the feet of Jesus, listening. And in a time of grief, at the loss of her brother, where was she? She is at the feet of Jesus. She is at the feet of Jesus. Oh, Mary of Bethany, thank you for being an example of what it means to be at the feet of Jesus in all seasons of our lives. And I'm reading this story in this time of grief. And we know this story, right? Lazarus, he dies. He's gone for four days. They let, they let Jesus know, right? They know to send for Jesus. 
And Jesus, he's like, Laz is sleeping. Amira, I already, I already shortened his name. <laughs> Laz is sleeping. He's sleeping. God's going to get the glory here. And he waited. And he, on the fourth day, he showed up there. And guess what? As he's coming into town, Martha must have been like looking for him those whole entire four days because Martha, she's something else. She ran out of the town and went, and she was like, Jesus, you should have been here. You should have been here. What did, what did she say exactly? If you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary stayed behind. But then they called Mary and then Mary shows up. And then in that meeting with Martha and Jesus, like they have a whole dialogue. Like she's like, you should have been here. You know, my brother would not have died. And then she's like, you know, but I know that God can use you in any way. You know? But even still, she's like combating him with something. I'm like, look at this chick. <laughs> but Mary of Bethany, she says the same statement. Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And she falls to the feet of Jesus. And guess what? It's amazing because Jesus was so moved, so moved that the Bible says Jesus wept. He was moved in spirit and troubled. And it says that Jesus wept. Two women, same statement, approaching Jesus different hearts different hearts different hearts Mary of Bethany her heart was just prostrated in a different way and so yeah she she may have felt the same way but Jesus you're here now I imagine she said because she fell at his feet but Jesus He's so amazing, right? That even in knowing the outcome, he knew he was going to resurrect Lazarus. And he was still moved. He was still moved by her grief, by her pain, by her tears. He was still moved. But it's just so consistent with his character, right? Because Jesus is just so, so good. And this just brings me to Jesus. And he says, Martha, Martha. Now, you see, the reason why I've titled this message The Turning Point is because scholars have said that the only time someone's name is said twice in the Bible, it is to be a turning point in the person's life. He says, 
Saul, Saul, he says, Abraham, Abraham. And he says, Martha, Martha. And I believe that God wants this day to be a turning point for some of us. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to read this again. Luke 10:41, the NIV version says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. If I tell you how I read this, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That's how I read that. It will not be taken away. And so Jesus is saying here, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Over the many things you have concerned yourself with, Martha. Over the many things you have concerned yourself with, Lucas. Over the many things you have worried yourself with, Sherry. Over the many things you have upset yourself with, Maylene. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. There is only one thing more valuable than many things you got going on. And that is Jesus. He is the only one. He is the only thing. He is the better thing. He overcomes. He overcomes struggles. He overcomes hurt. He overcomes hopelessness. He overcomes depression. He is above all things. And Mary had discovered it. Married, Mary had chosen what is better. And I pray that from today on, we choose Jesus no matter what circumstance. Do you guys hear me? I pray that from today on, we choose Jesus above the many things. The priority is Jesus, and it will not be taken away from her. This is so good. This is so, so good. Do you guys, are you guys hearing this? Are you guys hearing how good this is? Do you know what this means for us, church family? This means that when we choose Jesus, no one can take that away from us. No one. The NLT version says, and it will not be taken away from her. What is Jesus saying here? And it will not be taken away from her. And although we can allow things, we can allow circumstances to pull us away from his presence and situations can even drag us away from the feet of Jesus, but nothing or no one can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. There is this access 
we have to Jesus and access we have to our Heavenly Father. That access is given to us. I want you guys to stand with me right now. Now thank you God for this access that you have given us. Nothing or no one can separate us from that. Jesus is saying he is not temporary. He is consistent, he is permanent, and he will never leave us. He is here now. He is in this room now. He is here saying, Martha, Martha. He is saying, Amanda, Amanda, church, family, do you hear him calling your name today? He is saying, Sam, Sam, Lulu, Lulu. Today is a turning point day for you. Jesus is calling. And so, Lord, I just want to open up the altar for anyone who feels like the Lord is just tugging at their heart right now. We don't even need any songs. Like, we just want to sit at your feet, Jesus. We just want to sit at your feet and listen. We want to listen. What are you saying, Jesus? What are you saying? Jesus I believe God just wants to touch you guys hearts this doesn't have to be a big thing the musicians are great but like, I want even our prayer counselors to take this moment before, before we give of ourselves to just to, to pray for someone, I want our, even our prayer counselors to come up and just sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen. Thank you, Jesus. No music, just the musicians are fine. Worship team, you can do the same. Just sit. unconditional love I pray for every heart Lord every person that is here in this room God I pray that today is a turning point day for them that from this day they will choose to remain in your presence that the circumstances of life will not be allowed to get in the way 
of just sitting in your presence. You're such a good, good father. You hear our cries, you know our hearts, you know every part of us. Your word says that you loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Like, you love them. And we're no different. You love us. You love us. And I thank you for your unfailing love. 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 And I pray that you mend any broken heart that is in this room here today. That you mend these broken pieces, Lord God, that you put them back together, Lord God, and you make them whole. And I just see him doing that right now. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are the only thing, the only one we need to be concerned about. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.